Hello, my name is Mimba Dodwell and this is Ordinary Artists. Speed and Vice is a very different Yeah, I've been about, I've been about. It's been a, a story for it so far. <laughs> so let's call it that. <laughs> Interesting. introduce my interviewee Carl Anker. I just wanted to say that this is my last episode for 2016. I can't believe it's almost the end of the year. I'll be taking a break for Christmas and New Year's and I'll be back probably in like the first two weeks of January but I'm going to give myself a little break and I'll be releasing my podcast next year bi-weekly because Releasing them every week, or I don't know, I don't know why I thought that was a good idea, but basically it's a bit too much. And funnily enough, I've had other podcast people say that, and I'm like, yeah, once a week is much and you can't keep on top of it. But anyway, I'm just going to do it every two weeks to kind of be consistent because I think that's the most important thing um, if this affects anyone's lives. Anyway, um, so to my interviewee, so in this podcast, I'm talking to Carl Anker. Carl is a journalist and presenter, and he's frankly hilarious. Um, I met up with him at the National Gallery, which I do love. Um, and we chatted about journalism and quite a lot of things because he's a freelancer as well. And I thought that was really quite nice to spend time talking to someone else who kind of has to put constantly put themselves out there for work like many other creatives. So we talked about being freelance. We talked about stuff that he's passionate about, um, like wrestling and comic book. Actually, no, we didn't talk about comic books in this, but I know he's a fanatic about comic books because I've seen on Twitter. That's how I met Carl on Twitter. Anyway, um, so we talked about wrestling and we talked about interviewing and being a freelancer and what to do when you're unemployed and just general chit chat. It was nice to talk to Carl because it was just like talking to a person that I've known for a while. So, um, yeah, I hope you enjoy this podcast and I'll be back in January 2017 with new podcasts. So here we go. So I'm sitting here at the National Gallery instead of the National Theatre, which is nice, nice change, I like it, um, with Carl Anker, who is a freelance journalist. Hello. Who writes for, um, so you write for The Independent as well as Vice, BuzzFeed, Joe, and you also present on TV sometimes. I've seen a lot of that. So how did you get into journalism? Alright, a short way to go through it. Went to university, went to Bath Spa, uh, was trying to be a screenwriter. Uh, Wasn't very good at (laughs) writing film scripts. Uh, I couldn't write women effectively. Um, So I picked culture studies, uh, did loads of feminism modules, graduated, sat on the sofa, um, and through a mentorship scheme, I did like a two-week internship at Sci-Fi Magazine. Uh, then I did two weeks at Total Film Magazine. Managed to find two weeks at FHM. Then I did a weekly zoo. Yeah. Uh, spent loads of time working at this place called Sabotage Times. And a guy there called Owen Blackhurst more or less taught me how to write. And from there, um, I eventually like carved out a niche annoying loads of editors. <laughs> a niche annoying lots of editors? Yeah, so I've... Yeah. Twitter helps, obviously, but yeah. the, the best thing you've got to do is is find what you want to write about, yeah. find the person you have to pitch to on Twitter, and then just, like, repeatedly corral them. Oh. Um, 
tested them all the time, and that's how you, that's uh, my preferred tactic. <laughs> And uh, how I do it right now. Really? So have you got? You've actually got quite a few essays that way. I mean, like what essays, articles, sorry, published? Yeah, I mean, what, so <laughs> this podcast came out because I tweeted, "Put me on your podcast." Yes. Yeah. Or two things. Actually, technically, I, you know, I emailed you like an hour before you tweeted that, <laughs> and then I saw that and I was like, "What did I?" Tweet? I was like, "How did you?" Like, I didn't know. That's so no, weird. Yeah. So it, 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 a lot of it comes through Twitter, and a lot of it comes through um, loads of internships. Yeah. And hopefully, I think I was alright in those internships, yeah. and then excelling, excelling, and then just like getting loads of email from that, because uh, journalism is cronyism and full of nepotism, and <laughs> like you can be the most talented person in the world, yeah. but if you don't know the right person to talk to, you very often don't get heard. So it, it's very often finding the right person you need to talk to. That's so funny. It's a bit like it reminds me a bit like acting, where you have to know you, what that you have to know. The more people you know, it's probably better than not knowing. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 You have to, you you have to know people because if no one knows you and sees your CV, they're like, "Who's this person?" Yeah. <laughs> you could be the best actor. I was like, "Well, I don't know what yeah. you do." This oh, is the okay. third time I've been freelance in really? my since I graduated. So yeah. I originally freelanced when I first graduated. Then I had a year working for a quick place. Then I went to BuzzFeed for a bit. Yeah. Then I gra- then I freelanced for a couple months after BuzzFeed. Then I went to Joe. Dunjo, and now I'm back freelancing. And the thing I always noticed was it's so much easier to freelance now. I've got several thousand more followers on Twitter. And, <laughs> okay, and, a, and a lovely blue tick. <laughs> yes, you have a blue tick. I have I a blue tick. Uh, so that makes life easier because then yeah. more or less I can just go, I want to write about this. <laughs> um, and generally someone will mm-hmm. get in contact or know someone yeah. I can get in contact with. Whereas back when I was then I was 21, and I had 300 followers, and I wasn't verified, and a very, very bad Twitter app. Yeah. I was like, oh, I want to write about this, and yeah. it was, you know, no one wants to know. I mean, also, my ideas four years ago weren't that great, oh. so. <laughs> and what do you like writing about now? Like, what are the things you like, you enjoy? Oh, man. Um, right, the thing I enjoy yeah. writing about the most in the world is professional wrestling. WWE. <laughs> no, no one ever lied. I, I love writing about WWE. And if, so I think a really interesting question you should yeah. ask every single journalist is yeah. if you could, uh, your top five journalism jobs, yeah. devoid of like time and space and whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, so a lot of people are like, oh, I want to write for Eminem in the 80s, yeah. or I want to work for Rolling Stone in the 70s. Yeah. So I want to like be there for like the rise of punk, yeah. or be there for the rise of Motown. <laughs> like if you gave me like the perfect writing job, yeah. it would be, I want to write for WWE in the early 90s, <laughs> because. But like that, that wasn't like, that was like a, a niche as well. Like, it's not like something you'd see. You'd open the Telegraph and there's WWE in there or something. Yeah, it's, it's not common. But I, I love, I love. So I, my big theory, and it's in my Twitter bio now. My big, my Twitter bio now says, you know, I'm a writer, journalist, presenter. Yeah. Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Full stop. Everything is wrestling. <laughs> yeah. um, because my big thing is like wrestling is like the number one form of storytelling in the world. Because wrestling is so simple that a five-year-old can understand it. You know who the good guy is, you know who the bad guy is, you know what their motivations are, because it's all drawn like really arch, cartoony, very simple to understand things. Um, So if you're like writing wrestling, you're more or less teaching children like morals. Okay, Um, yeah. 
I mean, I watched it back when The Rock yeah. was in it. So, yeah. That was like my favorite era. And the guy with the long blonde hair, I don't know if they made that up, but like... Chris Jericho. And yeah. Paul, yeah. So I, inter I interviewed The Rock this year. <gasps> he interviewed The Rock? Yeah. I, For a film, didn't was it? Uh, it was in Central Intelligence. So I interviewed The Rock and Kevin Hart. Oh, and and uh, you can watch the video clip of me interviewing The Rock. There's a bit where I'm very clearly like shaking my hand. <laughs> and, like my hand is just trembling when I meet. But yeah, I, like wrestling's the number one thing I like writing about. Um, I love writing about film. I love writing about computer games. Uh, I somehow became written quite a few articles about race in the UK. Yeah. Um, I, I say somehow. The reason, well, I saw a journalist say that she loves she loves writing. I mm. saw this video and. They said, but she goes, but I have to write about race so much. And she said, it's a big part of her life. Yeah. I have to remember the clip, but it's a big part. She's like, yes, it's a big part of my life, but I want to write about what it was, I want to write about. I think it was Black Ballad. It was Black Ballad yeah, talking yeah. about uh, women's publishing, about how, yes. I think the quote the was, white women care more about avocado than they do yeah. about racism. Yeah. Um, and, it was, and it was just, it was, I, I forget the woman's name, wonderful journalist. Yeah. Uh, she's talking about the fact that as a black journalist, she always has to write about race. Yeah. Whereas what she wants to do is being able to write about anything. Yeah, which... Um, it's true. Like yeah. I didn't really want to write about race, yeah. but all of my most popular, successful, gets most like critically acclaimed yeah. from my peers. All the ones where I'm talking about what it's like to be black. Yeah, because um, I saw the one um, at Oxford. You wrote about race. I, had, I hadn't read it, but I, it sort of came up. Yeah, one of the things. yeah. those was, those are yeah. the ones that generally like get people to pay attention yeah. because it, you know journalism yeah. is still a majority white dominated field. <laughs> so yeah. when you have like. It's weird thinking that being a black person means you have your own niche, but yeah. it is. Yeah, I get um, what you mean. When I was a BuzzFeed, so I was the first man, black man to be hired full-time at BuzzFeed UK. Really? Yeah, and this was January 2015. Really? Uh, BuzzFeed, BuzzFeed UK is fantastic. Yeah. BuzzFeed UK, I think, um, has like one of the best records in like race, yeah. diversity okay. hiring. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, we frequently had meetings where they're like, right, how, how, do, we, how do we encourage more yeah. minority people to come work well, for us? Yeah. I mean, it helps that their, cult, their, their stuff is very relevant, like which surprised yeah. me, 2015, you're the first black man to work at BuzzFeed. Oh, they, were, they, were only like two, they only started in 2013. So oh, okay. it, took, it took two years. Yeah, that's, okay. it, it took two that's, years. That's not bad. That's that not is, bad. That is actually very good. Like anyone at BuzzFeed, <laughs> okay, okay, listen to this, I really enjoyed working there and there's like no beef that <laughs> yeah, I was no, the first black yeah, guy. But yeah. Yeah, like that was, yeah. yeah. But, and but I remember, that's kind of cool, two yeah. years, because other places yeah. still today like don't have yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I was one of their fellows and I remember talking to one of the fellows that came after me. Um, and I met her and uh, she, so when we were there, it was like five black people yeah. on staff. Which is huge. This is huge. It sounds yeah. tiny, but it's huge. I remember yeah. like, I made a point of taking them all out for lunch, <laughs> like one in a row, just to be like, you, you know, you know how it is when you meet like a slightly older black person in like a place to work, and they're like, yeah. I'm going to show you the ropes and yeah, show you what yeah. it's like, like how how like show you how black you can be. Yeah. <laughs> If that makes sense. So I, I took I took this person out. Yeah. Uh, she still works there now, and she is a phenomenally hilarious writer. Um, I'll leave you to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, and we were in a lift, and I was like, "So how are you finding?" He's like, "Yeah, it's cool, it's cool." And I went, and I remember hitting like the emergency stop on the lift, yeah. and like we stopped the lift. And I went, "Right, it's just you and me, and we're just in yeah. this lift. How are you really feeling?" <laughs> and, she, and she goes, "Yeah, so uh, how?" And she was, she more or less like, "You know, how black can I be?" Uh, and she goes, "I want to write about like other stuff." Yeah. But also, like, I feel as if if I keep writing about black stuff, yeah. it'll be more popular. And I said, look, yeah. you should write about whatever you want. Yeah. Like, be, be creative, write about whatever. If you want to write about, like, Harry Potter, like everyone yes. else, write about Harry Potter. 
shouldn't stop you. But, I'm a Harry Potter fan, major. But, right? but, yeah. like, underlined but, I will say the most popular things I've ever written about were all about being black. Yeah. So, like, if you've got, like, a trump card, yeah. play it. Yeah. But also, don't feel constrained by it. Um, yeah. yeah, so I've been three or four times where someone's come up to me and be like, oh, I can't write about this. And they clearly talk to me because I'm the only black person they know. <laughs> and they feel comfortable mm. seeing test to see how and I'm testing like, the waters of it. Yeah. Like, what do you think about this? I'm like, I don't, yeah. I don't think about that. Yeah. And he's like, well, well, what do you really think? I'm like, yeah. well, it's not a thing. Yeah. He's like, are you sure I can't convince you to write 700 <laughs> words about this? I'm like, no, like, not really. Yeah. I, don't, I don't have an opinion. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. That's cool. I mean, one of the articles I liked about yours is what to do with, like, when you're unemployed. I thought that was really good to write. Oh, that's thank really, you. Yeah, it's a really cool article because as artists and freelancers, that's a huge that's a huge thing that we have to face. And yeah. after leaving uni, I'm like, being like being freelancers is a bit scary. But what made you write that? I mean, well, it says an article, but tell me a bit more about that. Uh, so it was what, it was Mental Health Week earlier this year, and yeah. I had been freelance. I'm doing air quotes when I'm saying freelance. Yeah. Um, because while I'm freelance, I'm not particularly good at doing being freelance. <laughs> I think like, it's, no one can really teach you how to be. You yeah. can have to learn you your have own. To learn. Yeah. A lot of the time you spend freelance, you will end up, you know, being asleep and hating yourself <laughs> because yeah. your work's not coming in yeah. and whatever. And I thought I'm going to write an article for loads of people that are, you know, either in a weird freelance situation yeah. or out of work. And like, there are loads of things are being like peppy and mindful and, yeah. and taking on the day and talking <laughs> to experts. Yeah. And I thought I'm just going to write like really, really simple, very small, practical things you can start doing tomorrow. Yeah. Um, which is why one of the tips in there is basically like, don't masturbate more than three times a day. <laughs> so I always laugh whenever someone goes, I, I like read yeah. that article and I love yeah. it. I mean, you do realize I did talk about masturbation in yeah. that frequently. Um, yeah, and because, that, that, yeah. that was a thing I learned when I was freelance, when I was like, unemployed, because That's if you're a boy and yeah. you're disgusting like I am, and there's, yeah. you've got all the time in the world, you will watch bad adult movies all the time and what I realized is if I limited myself to three a day yeah. I had more time left in the day I didn't hate myself yeah. all the time and you probably got a lot more done yeah, yeah. yeah. Like so, and it was all things like that like yeah. don't do that more than three times a day uh, you I know. saw the one get up at get up by 10 o'clock yeah, in the morning get up at 10 o'clock yeah. which is a good one I mean I wake up really early I, well pretty early I wake up early anyway but there is that sort of, when I stop a job, that first week is mm. a little bit you like... You just a night out. Yeah, like, yeah. Especially if you're a creative person. You will, I think a lot of creative people, if you left them to their own devices, they'd go to bed at 3 a.m. <laughs> and they'd wake up at 11 a.m. Yeah. Which is kind of okay, but... But by the time you actually get out of bed, it's like 2 o'clock. Yeah. So and like you've had breakfast, stopped watching whatever, like Netflix yeah, and anything. Yeah, which means... I mean, I always think, like, just because you're on that schedule, you forget yeah. that everyone else is on 9 to 6. Yeah. So if I'm waking up at 11 o'clock and I'm sorting my life out and it gets to 3, 3 p.m. and yeah. I'm sending the person an email, yeah, they yeah. might not see the email till 6. Yeah. Whereas if I got up at 10 and sent the same email, they might read it at 1. Yeah. So therefore I can get, more, the, I can get a yeah. response in the same yeah. day rather than waiting two or three yeah. days. And also I think that people in the morning, I think, are more responsive to emails. Like, they're yeah. a bit more... They look at it like, hey, this is more positive. But then they go, oh, fuck, just leave it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and that's true. Like that. just like, just go for a walk. Go for a walk, and if you've got a library near you, use your library because that's a good idea. Yeah, like, yeah. One thing I think people need to realize is that libraries are like dying at a global alarming yes, rate. Yes, they are. They're just closing down left, yeah. right, and center. Everyone has a library in their phone or laptop. Like, yeah, it's the yeah, yeah. I read the argument in Telegraph that yeah. we should libraries are going to die, but it doesn't matter because we've got the internet. Yeah. Which completely overlooks the fact that libraries are still really, really, really important yeah. as like a communal space. 
true. Yeah. Um, because yeah, I've got the internet at my own house, but there's books that they have there that you can't. If yeah. you don't like, I, at uni, I remember going to my library like never hadn't been there for ages, getting a book for uni that yeah. I, could, I didn't want to buy like for fifty pounds, and those are things you kind of forget. That also, they have. like writing, I, I hate writing for too long in one airplace. Yeah. So I can't, I can't, I can't do it. I can't write. Yeah. I can't write like. Four thousand words sat in one place. I have no, to. That, yeah, I I'll do like seven hundred words. Get up, go around, get coffee. So very often, I, you know, when I'm feeling really, really productive, which yeah. happens once in a blue moon, I'll wake up, do seven hundred words at home, and then go up and go to a library or a coffee shop, and then try and write another seven hundred words. Yeah, that's which cool. it's easier to do that because yeah. you're in a different surrounding. And yes, you can't really speak in a library, but you can look at other things. Yeah. And I think that's crucially underrated about like. <laughs> going outside yeah, and talking to people. Yeah, and just speaking to strangers. I think that's always yeah. weird when I'm at home for a couple of days. I'm like, I need to speak to some people other than my friends on my phone yeah. or my parents. One thing <laughs> I would recommend to every like young person trying yeah. to make it in the creative industry, uh, try and move everything off email as soon as possible. Oh, so yes, it's nice emailing, yes, yeah. it's nice texting, and yes, it's nice doing whatever. But if you can get like the editor or the boss yeah. in person for a coffee, that's so much better because you are on the phone yeah. so they can hear your voice they can hear your genuine enthusiasm for an idea yeah. uh, and also like quite a lot of these people don't like being on the phone and <laughs> are very likely to like give you what you want just so they can get off the phone <laughs> I know there's one person who's like yeah fine fine fine, fine, fine. yeah yeah fine, I'll fine. give you the hundred pound budget just, just <laughs> put the phone down um, yeah, so they have to think about it on email yeah but my, my thing right now with editors a lot is I will email them and then while I also pitch I also go yeah here's my idea here's what here's, here's my idea here's who I am and also like I live in London yeah. I know you live in London because of where you work yeah. let me take you out for coffee and talk about more ideas that's really nice because that yeah. way I meet them for coffee and yeah. very it's very hard for someone to say no to you yeah. when you're like giving them a coffee yeah and also they have that personable yeah. experience yeah. they know who you are yeah. rather than just they've it's like oh I get this these articles from someone who I've never actually physically yeah. seen. There's yeah. a great guy at Vice I, yeah. I talked to and I pitched him one and he goes, oh, it's really annoying whenever yeah. you think of a coffee car because I only have a budget for like commission one of your ideas a month. <laughs> and I talk to you in person and I can yeah. see you get so worked up and so enthusiastic yeah. about it. I know it's going to be a good idea. And then I want to commission like three of your things. <laughs> and like, but like, yeah, yeah, like if you if you have the luxury of being able to meet these people in person, meet them in person. And how did you, so how did you get into TV presenting? Because you like doing that. I see that Reggie Yates is your, you keep saying, why are you hiring Reggie instead of me? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been told off now. My girlfriend, oh. my girlfriend says I need to like crush the beef with Reggie because <laughs> Reggie, Reggie, if, if I do meet Reggie Yates one day, he might like think I hate him. And I yeah. don't, I don't hate Reggie. You probably you like him. It's I just, love Reggie just, Let's get another black person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just, just for, for yeah. reasons in the media industry, you can only really have one black person yeah. on TV at a time. Yeah. Well, especially like black men. I haven't seen women. It's no, maybe the same. Yeah. Yeah, and Reggie's been up there for a while. Reggie's been there for a while, and I'm, I want my spot. Yeah, and also you're different from Reggie. Yeah. So, so it'd, be, it'd be a good no, difference. Like, Reggie, if you listen to this, no beef. <laughs> no beef. I'd love to take you out for coffee one day. Uh, if work you can, together. Like, you can we can work together, together, but also, like, Reggie, if it's between you and me, and, like, I'm going to have to, like, take you down. <laughs> but no beef. Yeah. I feel sad doing it. Yeah. Uh, I love Rust and Us, yeah. and you were really good on that Black and British campaign yes. um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah TV presenting we one day I was working at this place called Sabotage Times yeah. we did this stuff at Top Man and they needed someone to do a Vox Pop yeah. get a microphone go out in the street interview some people did one oh, of them good, yeah. and I, this is again like again recommendation like always say yes Yeah. you'll be uh, my friend Clon once said 
nearly all of his good deeds have come about from him not properly reading the email. But him just going, yeah, fine, no, whatever. And then it come, he rocks up on the day and he's like, I'm doing what? And it turns out to be really nice and really courteous thing. Um, but yeah, always say yes, especially when you're interning. If, if someone needs like you to run off to get lunch or you yeah. to like, travel halfway across London to pick something up from the costume yeah. store, which is what I used to do when I was working for one magazine, yeah. like say yes, because you get to assist on shoots, you get to assist yeah. on like those other things, and then eventually, if you show a flair for something, you can do it. Because yeah. I didn't think I was particularly interesting uh, on camera, and then yeah. someone went on good value in the pub talk, telling a story. He goes, yeah. Carl, whenever you talk, you tell a story. Yeah. So he goes, start telling more stories in front of camera. Yeah. Um, and then I had one interview with Old J, yeah. and they went, that's fine. Then I had another interview with someone else. And then obviously, yeah. you do two or three in a row, mm. it gets, you know, everyone else thinks you're their top presenter. Yeah. So then <laughs> I just became the top presenter. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I interviewed The Rock this year, I interviewed Seth Rogen, I interviewed, uh, I interviewed Tiny Temper uh, very recently and we had a very good chat there because like, before the camera went on, he, went, he looked at me and goes, where are you from? I went, Ghana. He goes, oh, I'm Nigerian. And then I was like, safe. Let's not do a Jalof war fight and let's just have an interview. And then it was really nice because like, that's yeah, a nice yeah. thing. Yeah, that's nice. Like, no jollof was no yeah. jollof. The fact, the fact that we, I like, yeah. mentioned jollof to him, he's like, oh, I can talk about something else other than just like my album. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jollof was something different. Yeah. My tip is whenever you're going to interview someone, uh, walk in and say, hey, you've got really, really nice shoes. Yeah. Because then they look down and then the moment they look up, like get in their face and smile. And they're like, ah! <laughs> uh, just like, I always do like little tricks. Yeah. I like, have like a really stupid question that yeah. you can put in like halfway through the middle that will make them really, really confused. Well, not even really confused, just to make just them, like, think. Up, yeah, and also spice up the interviews. They have to yeah. do a lot of interviews yeah. sometimes, and it can be a bit if, like... If you've got a book out, you're yeah. going to talk about your book 15 times, <laughs> you can get bored. Whereas yeah. if halfway through the interview about your book, I go, oh, by the way, like... Yeah. What wrestler? You can ask them, what's, who's your favourite wrestler? Yeah, or if you're a wrestler, yeah. what would your gimmick be? Yeah, that's yeah. cool. What would be your name? What, yeah. what did you like about the new series of Robot Wars? And they'd be like, oh, I don't know, I didn't watch Robot Wars. <laughs> and then you go, what do you watch on a Sunday normally? And they'd be like, Polark. And then you yeah. can talk to them about Polark. Oh, so and then yeah. I've uh, traditional interviews talked into like, you just like talking about Sunday TV. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is also good for like people of color as well to have that sort of break away, especially like just that this com yeah. these conversations need to be shown more. Because I think I get bad for actors who I hear about race and like Adrian Lester was talking about it with um, his show. What's it, what was it? Undercover. Like yeah. he says, it gets to race and he's like, oh gosh, again. <laughs> like, he's like, we're just. Just a TV show. That's all it is. And I can imagine that's really. I really like that bit where you know, I think it was the Oscars a couple of years ago when yeah. uh, Daniel Olalewu was yeah, doing his segment, <laughs> yeah. and they're like, "Am I pronouncing your surname right?" And yeah. he's, he's giving these like hands side yeah. to side, like, "Eh." Yeah. And I, remember, I must like imagine he must get that question all the time. Yeah. And he must be just really sick of it. Yeah. I can uh, and it just, I remember once telling the editor, like, "I don't want to be the person in your, your office who writes about black stuff. I yeah. want to be the black guy who writes about stuff." Yeah, which is much. And it's like a, a subtle distinction, but yeah. also, I'm at, like, I guarantee once a month, I'm, someone's going to be like, Carl, do you write about yeah. this black person? And yeah. I'm like, well, okay. like, sometimes, <laughs> if, I, like, if I want to, if, yeah. like, if it's genuinely deep in my bones and I want to write about it, then I will write about yeah, it. Yeah, which I think like, anyone should be able to write if someone they really yeah. feel passionate about, no matter who they are, they, can, they should write about it, not but, thrust upon them. Like, yeah, but, yeah. It, but it's that weird thing where, yeah. if you're, especially like, if you're like, a minority writer, yeah. you get told... Because you know you get commissioned, so you get told yeah. to write certain things, and it's you know something you say yes to, some things you can yeah. say no to. But then very often you will, like go to them for when you like when you are really really enthusiastic about yeah. like a minority thing, yeah. and go oh I want to write about this, yeah. and they're like ah it's not <laughs> it's not mainstream enough. That's um, so I remember. It's like basically writing about 
like not Beyonce, yeah. but Michelle. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like some companies want to write you, want you to write about like brown stuff, yeah. but you have to be the right kind of brown stuff. Yeah. Like it's got to be brown stuff that white people know about. <laughs> Uh, is, a really good a really good writer called Rembert Brown said yeah. you've got to understand that something's not a thing until a white person does it so very often you so very often you know, I've, I've like sat down and waited for a white person to like jump on a meme and then I can go oh hey so like <laughs> this white person's done the meme now so therefore it's like a big enough deal for me to write about it uh, um, that's which is very often because you've got to bear in mind loads of these memes get like misinterpreted and taken the wrong way yeah um so after that Kermit meme cracked me up because that Kermit meme was around, you know, the shadow. Yeah. That's been around for ages and suddenly it's like blown up on the internet and I'm like, yeah. where, where have you guys it was, been? It was in The Guardian today, right, in The Guardian today about yeah. evil Kermit. Um, oh that meme's literally been out for two years. I've seen, like, it... Well, Kermit, Kermit the Frog's like Black Twitter's greatest superhero because <laughs> yeah. he's got, that's none of my business. Yeah. He's got the one where he's at the typewriter. Yeah. He's got evil Kermit. Yeah. He's, he's got, got the sipping tea. He's got the sipping tea. He's got the one way he's reading the iPad and he's looking really, really sad. <laughs> I, um, think, I think my favourite one is the art one with the, with like the headdress. Have yeah. you seen the art? It's like, oh, this girl is, has graduated, has got a good job, but let me ask her when she's getting married. Yeah. I think yeah. that's, that's everyone's aunt. Kermit the Frog <laughs> is, thank God bless Jim Henson and God bless Kermit the Frog. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, one he's of the, come back for yeah. a whole new generation. He's one of the internet's greatest heroes. Yeah. Um, I, it's, it's that sort of thing. I remember once I wanted to write uh, like a long thing about only built for Cuban links. Yeah. So that's Ghostface Killer's first album. Yeah. Like it's highly regarded as one of the greatest rap albums of all time. Mm. And it turned 20, 2015. Yeah. And I remember going to this editor and I went, I want to write, I want to chase these people up. Yeah. I said, you know, this, this thing turns 20 in three months. Give yeah. me three months and I write yeah. about it. And one, this person didn't know what this album was. Mm. Two, he didn't know what Ghostface Killer was. Yeah. And it was like, um, may, maybe ish, yeah. kind of. Like, and then someone said the thing about that car is uh, all the people that know about that yeah. already know about that and the people that don't know about that don't care uh, yeah. to which I responded you could easily say that about so much of black art yeah you could and there was yeah. like a real big like silence in the room like <gasps> yeah. I'm like yeah I, I mean that's so true a lot of people and it's not willing to take a chance on those things and nah, like obviously you're a journalist and you, you know about it so there is a there is yeah. people out there who would have enjoyed that. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's a case of just balancing act on like when something's newsworthy or not, yeah. which very often is, is newsworthy when a white person does it or when a white person like, takes notice of it. Yeah, I've, oh. never, like, I've never considered that in a sense. So, yeah, it's true. It's really true. It's yeah. a shame. Anyway, before we get, keep rambling on, um, do you have any advice for anyone who's interested in pursuing this uh, like journalism or presenting or any just advice for creative people that you've picked up on the way that was helpful for you oh, as, also as a freelancer so well. much so much uh, first things first yeah. like write stuff down like I used to give this like even university students mm. like, at some point your natural charisma will wear off and you need to start being organised <laughs> like everyone yeah. uh, look everyone wants to be like god damn it you're like a loose yeah. cannon but yeah. damn it you get results yeah. and look no, no. No, eventually you have to start being organised and start yeah. writing stuff down. And That's how I'm like, writing emails to people. <laughs> yeah, and like spreadsheets as well. Like I went through all my life hating spreadsheets and going, I'm going to join a creative field so I could never have spreadsheets. Well, spreadsheets are really, really, really important. Yeah. So if you eat, send an email to an editor, yeah. put that in a spreadsheet. 
So like get get all of your editors' names. Yeah. Right. So get all of the editors. Get all the people in in whatever field you want to work in. So yeah. if it's acting, yeah. get a list of all like the agents or all of the like yeah. the other that, actors you want to talk to. Yeah. Or if you if you're if you want to be a journalist, get yeah. a, get a, make get like a, make a big list of all the editors you want to talk to, and then put all their names in a big spreadsheet. Yeah. Put all their like Twitter ads in yeah. a big spreadsheet. Put all their email addresses if you yeah. know them, and if you don't know them, make a note that you want to know, learn their email addresses, mm. and then. The first time you email them, yeah. lock the date. The second time you email them, lock the date. The yeah. third time you email them, lock the date. Yeah. And then like have a little box going like, at what point, yeah. like, uh, like have they responded yet? Yeah. Have they said yes? Have they said no? Yeah. I've been taken for coffee. Yeah. Have they commissioned you yet? Yeah. And that's a really good way of organizing things. Yeah. It's like also a really good way of organizing job applications. Yeah. So if you're applying for loads of jobs at the same time, put them in a spreadsheet so that way you know like who you're applying for once. Yeah. So don't turn up to the wrong job and even be like. <laughs> Like, who you're applying for? That's like my worst habit. Yeah, when you applied, because yeah. uh, very often jobs, if they haven't responded to you for two weeks, you haven't really like yeah. been successful. So like, have that thing and have like a ticker so you know like after two weeks if they responded or not. Mm. If they have responded, write down what happened. Mm. Uh, if you've been to the first interview, write down your notes from that interview. If yeah. you've been to the third interview, write down your notes from that. Um, and like, that's a really good way of organizing things. That's really good. And like do them all on Google Docs because that way they can live on your phone. If you've yeah. got a Gmail account, so that way at any point in time, if you're really confused, yeah. just whip out your phone and like, okay, cool, yeah. like this is what this is what's going on. Um, and like that's really practical advice. Use Twitter all the time. Yeah. Like, I, feel I love Twitter. Like it's it's so it's so handy. I love see. and hate Twitter. Yeah, uh, that's it, yeah. It's it's really nice that at any point in time I can pick up my phone and laugh at something because yeah. there's some good news. <laughs> but it's also really annoying to pick up my phone in time and just be like, this is just. Look at this stupidity that's been yeah. tweeted. So especially like around political events, yeah. it's just I I'm a fan of politics, but when I sometimes see that everyone's a politician on Twitter, yeah. I'm always like, uh. Yeah. Um, but if if you work in a creative field, more likely than not, someone in that profession is on Twitter. Yeah. And like since I graduated, I made nearly all my good friends off Twitter just that's from like cool. going, oh hey, you like Star Wars? I yeah. like Star Wars too. Let's talk. And then eventually meet up in person yeah. and do something else. Um, and it's like my trick is trying to do that with professional people like yeah. oh hey you want words I make words too let's meet up um, so do that yeah. uh, I think organisation so like if you're just freshly graduated make make a thing like oh I'm going to make wake up at 10 o'clock every single day yeah. so that way the whole day doesn't like pass you by mm. um, make sure you're really organised in the morning and then you can dust in the afternoon yeah. is what my I prefer to work I prefer to you're a bit more, of a, more effective in the morning section of the day. Yeah, sure. So I wait, if I wake, my thing is I wake up in the morning and I make sure I know what I'm doing in the morning. Yeah. So when it comes like midday, I'm like, right, I have to go out and take this person out for coffee, yeah. or I have to write 700 words about this, or I have to go out and get like this material so I can review it. Yeah. Um, I just like have have your things in a row, and then just like walk around loads. Like it's very important. Get out of the house, travel, and like enjoy yourself. Yeah. Like it's very very hard. I know, like, yeah. if you're doing this field, if you're in this field, you're not doing it for the money, so therefore you might not have much money. Yeah. Um, and therefore, like, it's very easy to get stressed and anxious about lack of money. Yeah. Um, but what I recommend is, is just having, like, a thing you can do for, like, two or three hours where you're not stressed out. Uh, someone told me recently it's very important that every human being has four hobbies. Yeah. So I play rugby. Uh, I play rugby, I play PlayStation, I read comic books and I watch wrestling. Uh, and very few of them require money because I've got, I've got PlayStation. I've got mm. my PlayStation, I had quite a few of them when yeah. I, you know, that. 
Uh, I've got my wrestling thing. I've got Netflix. And I like, just do that. And I like, don't freak out if things aren't coming. Like, it's long and the road is bumpy. But if you like keep plugging away and like keep swimming and keep sending emails, and like if you just have a system of like every single week, I'm going to email three people, and if they say no, that's fine. I'm going to do that. And like if like also, it's very important to do what you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> like you can't really be a writer if you don't write. Yeah. And you can't really be an artist if you don't paint. You can't really be an actor if you don't act. Yeah. And like just because a professional person isn't giving you the money you want to do it, that doesn't mean you can't do it as an extracurricular side hustle. Yeah. So I, last time I was freelance, uh, I made a thing, so I set my own Medium account, and I said, mm -hmm. I'm gonna write a thousand words a week. Okay. So uh, it was like every Monday, there was a thousand words about something. And it was less like, oh, this is gonna be like well-edited, high yeah. art, and just more like me practicing writing a thousand words. It's, it's like going to the gym. If you're, if you're always working a muscle, if you think of your creative skill as a muscle, yeah. every time you like practice it, it gets bigger, and therefore you're like more capable of lifting weights. So, whereas before it would take me five days to prepare an interview because I'd be like incredibly panicked. Yeah. Now I know, like if you told me in the morning I was going to do an interview in the afternoon, I could turn around a half decent interview with like, an hour worth of prep. Yeah. That's not me bragging. No, I, but it's like I'm, you, I'm now like jinxed yeah. it, so yeah. I'm going to be terrible. <laughs> but, but at like, least you're keeping yourself like prepared. Yeah. You, yeah, it's it, yeah. That's it. Be prepared. Yeah. Be prepared uh, and like be ready to say yes and uh, don't work for free. Yeah. Like haggle really haggle if someone goes oh we're going to give you good exposure <laughs> reply back exposure kill a lot of people <laughs> and say like yeah. have, have some prices know your worth mm. and, and don't be blooded minded like pull up trees mm. be respectful but also don't be afraid to annoy people okay. um, but like annoy the right people <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, don't take the editor and quote tweet him and say this is rubbish I can do better yeah. just be like oh hey that's a good thing could who would I talk to to write like a counterpoint? Yeah. It's, it's like subtle ways you can rephrase stuff. Yeah. So rather than say, that's a silly idea, okay, that's yeah. interesting. May I also like say, I want to say whatever, whatever, whatever this. Yeah. Um, some of the most important books I ever read in my life were Quiet, which was a book about being like quiet, how to learn to be quiet, yeah. which is about introverts. Uh, another one was called um, Thinking Fast and Slow, which was really helpful for when I was like sat at home going, oh, I'm going to get a job and freaking yeah. out. It's all about like understanding all things will come in time. And that one was weight, which was again like learning the purpose of just like being sat at home watching Netflix and just waiting for someone to like go through the day. Because yeah. a lot of things we understand is just because you, you don't have anything on, yeah. so you will send, I will send a pitch or a piece of copy at yeah. 11 o'clock and I'll be like sat there at 11. And that, that's my whole thing done for the day. Yeah. Like that's not a thing at 11 o'clock, I'm like cool. The person on the other end has a full work day and yeah. they have to like find some time to look at that thing. Yeah. Whereas because I don't have anything, I'm like, why haven't they emailed yeah. back? Why, why, why haven't they emailed back? Yeah. Why are they taking so long? And like, the other person's like, no, I'm doing like 15 other things. You just, <laughs> You're not you can... on the list, priority yeah. list. Yeah. Uh, and like, wait, waiting is very important. I think yeah. uh, when you meet people in person, yeah. one thing I always recommend is practice the two second rule. So when someone finish, finishes speaking, yeah. count to two in your head before you respond. So that way you realize how much you interrupt people. That's like a big rule for boys because, <laughs> my lord, you don't realize it, but we talk over women so much. Well, I'm glad you know that. No, it's true. Well, it can be true. I have noticed that. But that's beside the point. But that's great. I think I might apply the two-second rule. Do it. Everyone's And that time you kind of get a sense, you get time to think also about your response. Yeah. That's it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, someone told me if you want to insult someone, yeah. pause between in each insult because that way you can like find extra ways to insult them. You like oh. you. Bang 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 yeah. bang bang bang. Uh, and it's that little way. Better insulting. Yeah. Yeah. In a sporting term, the first touch steadies yeah. you up for the next shot. So like always, you don't have to rush. That's true. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Carl. That's really good. I really enjoyed that. And no thank you so much for your advice. I'm gonna. That spreadsheet thing is gonna become my new life. Do a spreadsheet. <laughs> Do a spreadsheet and watch wrestling. Yeah. Thank you for listening. You can follow me on both Twitter and Facebook at Ordinary Artists.